Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Thank you so much for listening, for joining in. We will pay that back by sharing with you nine of the very best facts around. We'll see how we get on. We have dived very deep into the dredges of the internet. You just need to decide whether these things are worth remembering at all. Who knows? We'll find out. My name's Dan. I will bring you stuff about how much it costs to be single, why Marvel almost didn't happen, and why it pays to have a big phrase. Connor is also here. Uh, Robin Williams, why he's a great guy. We're going to talk about millennials and um, crows in Japan. It's only, only in Japan. Only in Japan. And was the second one just millennials? Yeah, millennials, and just why we suck. Are you a millennial? I'm a millennial. I don't know if you are. Am I not? I, I think you might be a Gen Z. No, I'm not Gen Z. I'm 95. Mark is also here. What do you got? Hello. This week, a missing bed, the benefits of binge watching, and a surprise appearance on a theme tune. Those facts sound good, Boomer. Let's find out what's going on. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is that when Gen Z kicks in? Is it when's it? Oh, Gen Z was 2000s, isn't it? Gen Z is 1997 to 2012. Just script in. There you go. I'm millennial. I enjoy you, like you. I think you bring some good qualities to the podcast, but I don't know if I like being in the same age, yeah. age yeah. social bracket as you. I, I think you're much more Gen Z than me. I think I adopt Gen Z ways. I agree. He tries to be younger than he is. The bag, the, wearing the little shoulder bag. Oh, no, that's just because of pickpockers. <laughs> I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. Yeah. Not Gen Z, just pickpockers on the train. Anyone tried to pickpocket you? No, Hayley got pickpocketed. My girlfriend, I was like, my best get a bag. That's it. I'm going for a Gucci bag. But I've got Gen Z traits. Like upgrading your phone when the new one comes out. You know, got to do it. Very Gen Z. Is that a Gen Z thing? Yeah. Aren't Gen Z just obsessed with, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the ages when you're broken down depending on when you were born. Gen Z is the newest one. Yeah. Aren't they just obsessed with shoes and trainers? Well, I'm not. That's not me, no. But I think Gen Z, is, I think Gen Z are very much um, aware of all the new things and pay attention to that. I do that. I like the new things. I don't always buy them. I don't always invest in them, but I'm always aware of them. And I made the joke of it earlier, but I think you do share similarities with a boomer. I, I don't know whether to take that as an insult or a compliment. I'm assuming is an boomer insult. like 19 sort of 1955 to 1960. Boomers yeah. were born in the baby boom after the first world war, after the second world war. Yeah, I, so old, old, yeah, old and m- miserable. Yeah. They're also known as Generation Jones, apparently. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Okay. We are going to bring you nine facts. We research them all week. We present them to you. We'll bring, we'll bring you these facts. You can do what you want with them. You can share them. Might be some nice pub ammo. A little bit of trivia. Or just chuck it into the bin of your brain with things that you never need to think of again. 
Connor, I'm excited to hear your facts this week, so we'll get through them. What's number one for you? Uh, if ever you needed a reason to love Robin Williams more, he accepted $75,000 rather than his typical fee of $8 million for his role as Genie in Aladdin because he wanted to leave something wonderful behind, in quotation marks, for his children. How, how is taking a smaller fee leaving something behind for his children? Because apparently they wouldn't have done it for $8 million. Because um, I didn't have the money, it's Disney, oh. and yeah, so he took the low fee of seventy five thousand dollars. He was happy to do it for a lot less because he wanted to leave something wonderful for his children. I tell you what, I respect Robert Williams. Yeah, I, I, I would be perfectly willing to just stand in a voiceover booth for a couple of days for seventy five grand. I mean, you, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think that's the biggest sacrifice I've ever heard from a movie star. <laughs> no, but it's still lovely, isn't it? All you've got paid there is seventy five grand. Well done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, it's quite a low fee, though, in terms of film, I, I, I imagine. Yeah, when Disney you're a name like Robin Williams, it is very much yeah. below your going market rate. Andrew but film, as you said, it's yeah. not like he's acting. He stood in a booth. I mean, it is acting, mm. and he was incredible in it. But he's just stood in a booth for two days. Ain't taken a long time. Let's sing a song as well, in fairness. <sighs> you don't even have to learn lines. You just got it on a bit of paper in front of you. I think we're forgetting the wonderful side of it, though. He wanted to leave something lovely. and you I know. imagine this isn't a story which presents his most wonderful side. I imagine he's done many, many yeah. more lovely things. Mm. When I hear about people working, I, I always take it under brass tacks of actually, what are you doing for that money? Mm. I know that this is not the way things work because people get paid loads of money for doing almost nothing sometimes when they're in show business. But I'm thinking 75 grand is a lot of money for not a lot of work. True. He did leave something wonderful behind though. That is a great film. It's a very good film. It is a wonderful film. Yeah, it's a wonderful and It's film. hard to imagine it without him. Uh, exactly. And for 75000 bargain. He's great. I wanted to leave something wonderful behind for his children. And they did. Love I, it. I can imagine it with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Robin's great. He is. Very good. And also he was great as uh, Peter Pan. Liked him in that. Any, Hook. Uh, Hook. Any, any, more, any, any more films of Robin Williams? They're the only really two films it? I think I know from Robin Williams. I know he's done tons more, but I think they're my two standouts. Goodwill Hunting. Never seen it? No, that's a classic. Is that with Matt Damon as well? Matt Damon, <coughs> yes it is, and Ben yeah. Affleck. Yeah. Bicentennial yeah. Man. Yeah. There's a reason to love ben Willi- uh, Robin Williams. Because he, o- he only took 75 grand to, to leave something wonderful for his Sorry, that bit, yeah. children. I think if he had taken, you know, 20 bucks, in, in, in the process of looking for facts for this podcast, I, I read that John Candy took like $40 to be in the Home Alone movie to make a cameo. He was doing a favour for his mate. Yeah, but... Cameo's a little bit different though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, you could, he's John Candy. You could still barter for quite a lot of cash, whereas yeah, I think but he just covered his taxis there and back. He's yeah. not Robin Williams. And also as well, he's not... At the point that he made this film, Robin Williams, pretty top of his game. You know, well, 8 million fee. Well, maybe not for you because he hadn't been in Hook by then. Well, so no. in your mind, he'd done no films at all. Nothing. No. 75,000. Like, no. Who's this guy? Yeah. Who's this guy rocking up? I reckon bet you he, he charged a fortune for who he is. I reckon he went cash on it as well. That's one I'd give away. Are you, what are you doing with 75 grand in cash? Well, you just, I don't know, use it on the shopping for the rest of your life. But as in, what are you physically doing to get it out? It's so much money in notes. Yeah, just it'd be fun to have, wouldn't it? Just a big briefcase. Yeah, just take, you know. A very big briefcase. So that guy on TikTok, have you seen him? He has like all of his cash in his drawer and then when he gets ready to go out, he goes over and he just like takes a few notes. I'd do that forever. Yeah, but I, I, I enjoy you to specify that more because you literally started with the question of, you know, that guy on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for narrowing it down. I would just literally just do that for the rest of my life. But I reckon what he, what this guy on TikTok does is he's probably only taken out 200 pounds in notes 
and he just I'll take and a puts grand. them all back. I'll take a grand. He probably takes out the notes, stops filming, then puts it all back. There was the comedian Ken Dodd, who lived for ages, and I think recently died, classic old school British comedian. Uh, there was talk that he used to insist on being paid half up front, and then half he would get given in cash when he arrived at the venue. And when they, found, when they went into his loft after he died, there was just bags and bags and bags of cash. So he's paying tax. Mm. Of it. Obviously not. Maybe that's what mm. Robert Williams is doing. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what this chap on TikTok's doing. Mate, oh, well. Old Daily Mail over there, he's got, a, yeah. he's got his next headline, hasn't he? Getting it on his soapbox. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Binge watching is good for you. Tell me why. So, scientifically speaking, binge watching is actually good for you. Uh, the reason is, is that our brains apparently do not distinguish... Between real life, so real activation, and what's called activation due to imagined events, i.e. what you're watching on TV. Therefore... So it, me- so it thinks that I'm doing this? No, so it basically thinks that you are witnessing it in real life. It, the, your brain itself doesn't make that distinguishing. Therefore, when you uh, interact with someone in terms of like, you see someone and you go, oh, I really love their character, I really love that about them. It releases hormones, it also puts you through emotional stress, it puts you through... Lots of changes to your nervous system. So it keeps your body active, keeps you going. So actually, binge watching is good for you. I prefer binge watching. I've always been. I don't understand people that drag, you know, maybe have three or four series on the go and they just dip between them all. I'd rather just, Uh, you know. Some things I'm like that, but like New Happy Valley, not started watching the new series yet. Final one was only out this week. I want to just sit down and binge it. Yeah, no, just get it all I done. I forget what happens in a week. No, no, it's no. a long time. A I wouldn't happens. wait. I wouldn't no. wait for a series to be done. So, like, if there was a series out and it was being released weekly, I wouldn't wait for it to all build up. But most of the time, I'll go watch a series that has already been released. Like Breaking Bad, I saw that about an, a year after all of the hype, and then I could just binge all of it, and it was fantastic. For me, it depends on a few things, length of the series, and whether it's finished yet. What are you talking length, length of the episodes as well? Length of series, no, no, right? Because no. episode length can sometimes play a part. For instance, yeah. the new Happy Valley, which is just finished. I haven't. You see, everyone's talking about. It. I haven't seen it. They've got Binge six, it, mate. six, yeah. six-ish episodes in a series. Right. Yeah, they've only made three series. Okay, I don't want to binge it because I want to. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to drag it out. Yeah, I want to drag it out. I don't want to. I, I know that this is an incredible thing. Mm. I don't just want to get it done in like, it about? four days. About a miserable northern town, right? And a, and a copper. A copper who goes around catching miserable... Is it Netflix? BBC. It's on the BBC right. The iPlayer. Yeah. yeah, you see, I only go to iPlayer for Dragon's Den and The Apprentice at the moment. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe make another stop, mate. So what I'm saying is, if I know that there's, it's a limited run, there's not a lot of it, I don't want, I don't want to rush it all. You, you know, yeah. it's like when you've looked forward to an ice cream or something. You don't want to quickly smash through it. You want to savour it. Where, whereas, if it's still going on... Maybe if it's an American season, so it's slightly longer, I can crack through all of those. I think and po- also, I've got a really short attention span, so I ain't watching more than two episodes of an hour-long things a night. The problem with binging is, is it takes over your life. I find myself not getting that rest that I need at half past ten at night, and I'm still up at one watching it. Yeah, the obviously there. there are some side effects that are not good for you. For example, if you do that, or you sit at home all weekend and don't leave and just eat fast food. Like... Obviously, it's not all good for you, but the actual act of watching a lot of TV back to back, I get that. That itself is actually quite good for mm. you. It keeps your brain active uh, and it's good for your nervous system, too. I'm very confused that, that you're saying that the brain doesn't distinguish whether this is real or not. It's science, mate. So, uh, 
the so brain is dis- distinguishing because okay, so my brain is me. So obviously, so there's obviously a part of your brain that realizes that. However, the part of your brain that kind of uh, lets out, so for example, oxytocin, the uh, hormone that's released when there's kind of a love, for example. Yeah. So that will get released if you have that connection with someone on TV or in real life. It doesn't necessarily distinguish uh. there. So it's not saying that your brain is going, oh my god, this is happening in front of you. Like it's it re- it knows it's a TV show. But the actual connection you get, that doesn't matter if it's real or if it's a matter. So like when I fancied Mila Kunis in Friends of Benefits, yeah. I'm fancying her. Yes, exactly. Right. That's why you're still sat there with a massive array. What an obscure Ma- film for you to bring up. It's a standout film for me. It's what he watches. Sorry? Weekly. It's a standout film for me when it comes to sexy women. Where, where are we ranking this in your... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you're misunderstanding it. Good film. Yeah, good film. Not top five. Her in it. In terms of sexiness on screen, Mila Kunis wins that for me in a lot of options that are out there. Very sexy. The thing with, I don't know if you've felt this I kind of like the scene with her and JT when they're in the flat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I, I, saw, I, I saw can't the film say once, I've seen it a ago. I'll watch More it again. Fast forward to that bit. I... Your partners will not be confused or concerned. I don't know if you've felt this recently. I, I'm, I'm having a big trouble watching like quite stressful telly. I was watching the first series of Happy Valley, and as I say, it's a lot of stress. There's, there's very tense situations, and I just can't, I don't know why. I, it's almost post-COVID, post-lockdowns, I just can't be dealing with that anxiety and that heavy stress. Like, I just, I want it's joy. It's because there's bits of your brain that don't know if it's real or But, real I, or but I was always fine with that. And now, if I'm in a particularly stressful situation when I'm watching shows... Yeah, I have to, like, play on my phone yeah, or something see, I, it's to what I was, distract myself. This is what I was going to say to you. I've noticed this with you. I think this is why you're stressful. I see on Be Real that when you watch shows, you're on your Switch, that would cause me stress because I'm doing gaming, which no, is stressful, and right. I'm doing show, and I wouldn't be able to do them both. Right, we're niching down into my life here. It's, it's, no one needs this. I only play certain games when I watch certain shows. When I'm binging a show that I'm keen on, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's a one-screen situation. Yeah. If I'm watching something like a quiz show, if I'm watching my country file or my, my detective soaps, I'll stick Football Manager on on the Switch. Country file. Oh, I love a country file. And you said I'm a boomer. Yeah, I'm thinking that in my head. I think that we don't get outside often enough and any excuse to look at the outside is helpful. Yeah, so Have look you at heard of yeah. Windows. <laughs> now, talking about binging, and you were saying earlier about uh, spending all weekend inside watching yes. <clears throat> and eating your fast food. Yeah. We are weeks away, barely that, from the Super Bowl. What are you doing? We, we are not. We are. By the time this episode comes out, the Super Bowl will have happened. It is this Sunday night. Actually, I've noticed that this week you've had a few annual leave days. Is it preparation for the Super Bowl? Uh, are you marinating your beef? You got to get. You got to get your steamer on early. You know, if you if you want to get those ribs perfect, if you want to get the the wings good, if you want to make your own guac. So here oh. we go. <laughs> so I know how much you hate that word. Right, stop. So. <laughs> We're recording this. Just um, sounds like a duck, doesn't uh, it, with G's? Hang on. We, we, uh, you know, I'll let you in on the secret. We're recording this on, on Wednesday. It's the 8th at the moment. Is this, is the Super Bowl this coming Super, Sunday? Uh, this coming Sunday, yes. Yeah, so it will have happened by the time you hear so this. So who's going to win? The, the Texas Flyers or the LA Rhinos? I mean, those are not two teams. Who's going to win? Uh, it's going to be won by the Kansas City Chiefs on the last minute field goal. The names are <laughs> aren't they? A couple of words. On the last minute field goal. Right, that's not important. If that's right. That's not important to me. Uh, well, you could just insert it in. Anyway, what, what, 
what are we planning for the Sunday? Have you got your boys coming over? Are you all going to drink your Bud Lights, your Miller Lights? Um, What's going on? I'm not hosting this year. I'm going around to my mates. He's sorting it all out. So I'm just turning up and expecting to be fed and what are the names of the lads that are going well we've been on this oh, for, you know, this, we've been yeah on this I'll be honest this fact minutes. has been a while I'm bored of it I feel like we should just no move I want to know what's happening with the Super Bowl he's going to eat loads of food yeah. slump binge and yeah drink really sh- Bud Light let's not get down to the micro details of my life give us a fact Kansas winning right fact number one for me back in the 1820s if you lived in Missouri you had to pay to be single Missouri in America, you had at to what, pay. I'm at, doing what age, at what age does this kick in? Because that feels harsh on a baby. All unmarried males aged 21 or over would have to pay $1 in a tax annually. Now, to put this in perspective, $1 back in 1821 is about like $25 today. Is that because there was tax on marriage? No, it was just to, um, uh, to, to push people to get married and have children and Build boost up the, the population. Yeah, right. You've got to think this is 60 years after the uh, Declaration So how much was a dollar, sorry? What did you say that converted to? Uh, $25 today. So it's not the most amount of tax. The thing is that, that it, this was only kind of in place for about a year. And then they replaced it with a poll tax of 50 cents on all men aged over 21. $25 a year. That's probably a Tinder premium. Tin, Tinder premium subscription. That's what the tax is nowadays. Oh, really? Yeah. Modern probably Tinder premium that, subscription. What's it? Four, it'd probably be three, four quid a month. I think when I was Tindering, that was five years ago, I think it was about £2. Yeah, that's £2 a month. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, £2 a month for your old Tinder. Then you paid for your super likes. What was that? Super likes. I've never been on Tinder. Uh, So instead of liking somebody, you super like them. When I imagine super likes, I imagine like Mario defeating Bowser with a super jump. (laughs) No, When you leap high into the air and just bash A and then he does like the flips in the arse And it's a wonder you weren't the one who was saying that. that. I think a super like in comparison to a like would be in a bar you like and you're like, hey, how are you? My name's Connor. Super like would be like, hey, my name's Connor. You're really fit. Didn't you get like a, a, like a notification? Like you didn't get notified when you've you got been liked. Super liked. But it's like, you've been super liked, which I always think is like creepy. I got super liked once, only once. So you're paying for the ability to tell someone that they're really fit as opposed to how you're doing? Absolutely. It's a strange market. And you, you, you would buy in batches of super likes. That's great. You could buy either five, you could buy 10, you could buy 15. I bought 10. Question. Yeah. Did they work? No. This fact is all about, as I say, the taxes, the bachelor tax, which mandated all unmarried males aged 21 or over to pay $1 annually in Missouri. If you could make a tax now, oh. if you could charge something, if you could charge people a fee, to promote them to do something else, what would you do? Oh, I've got one. Go on, then. Spit. What? But I'd make it really high, because it's the one thing I hate. People that spit on the pavement. I have to go so when I'd... I run, though. Yeah, that's fine. I, I produce a high amount I don't, of saliva. I don't mind that when you're exercising. That's completely normal. That's human. That's human. When you're just walking along the street and it's a... <laughs> can't do it. How much? Well, to make sure they never do it again, that's 50 fine, grand. That's a fine, not a tax. Oh, tax? I don't know what the difference mm, is. 15,000. Mark, what about you? I don't know. Uh, everyone like watch Super Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> it's a great impression. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty you, good. What would you Basically spot on. I thought I was speaking there. I got really confused. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Surely you've got one. 
<sighs> Come on, you get irritated. There's got to be something. I do get irritated, but not enough to like. Well, I've often force said force people into one way. Because if I force people into a certain way, then I can't get irritated about it. Being or, late, I enjoy being irritated. The being problem. late to a thing you're doing, like a organised piece of work. That or a podcast recording. The problem is you're a boomer, yeah. and so you just get annoyed by everything. Exactly. And if you took away my chance to be annoyed, I'd be annoyed at that. Uh, I'll tell you what else as well. The bloody people that pull into a petrol station Here we go. and the park... D- Daily Mail's off again. ...park at the petrol pump number, but don't get petrol. <laughs> Tax them. Does, does, does that happen often? But what if there's all no, the time? What if there's no parking spots? Well, then don't go there for a bottle of I don't know strawberry Evian. Go no, up the road, mate. No, I tell you what I want. I tell you what I'll tax. And this is on the theme of petrol stations here in the UK. I would tax you so there's no possible way you can do your shopping at a petrol station. I don't want to be there yes. waiting to pay my fifty quid, whatever it is, to yeah. fill up the Yaris. And you've got a basket full of shopping for the week. Yeah. It's not happening. Every extra period yeah. of 30 seconds you're there, the tax gets more. And the thing about that is, that annoys me more, it isn't the fact they've parked. That annoys me, right? Whatever. It's the fact they're in there. All you need to do is pay. And then there's Linda at the front and she has got, yeah. I don't know, 25 ready-made yeah. meals. I'm She's got, you, yeah. oh, and you're sitting there. And even the guy that's serving, can't believe it. All he's done, he's signed up to a job where he pushes a number and takes your car payment. <laughs> yeah. And he's scanning he through. Do this. He's got the carbonara. It is always ready meals in the baskets with just no order at all. And it looks like there's been a mini apocalypse in yeah, there. Yeah, and probably spending tens and tens of pounds on not much food because it's a petrol station. The worst thing I hate at the minute then is that, you know, when like, people bring their own bags and they let everything get scanned through and just stand there with their bag waiting. So then you also have to wait bloody Linda to load her bag afterwards yeah. as well, don't you? Just tax Lindas. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Linda. So, yeah, Linda, just you. That's a boomer name anyway, like Mark. <laughs> Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Some crows in Japan are known to drop walnuts on pedestrian crosswalks, wait for cars to crack their nuts by running them over, and then wait until the next light to safely eat the cracked nuts. You're going to sit there and go, only Japan! The reason is, is that Japan have seen it due to cameras that they've got and they have seen crows doing this. They've got a lot of cameras on the roads near the pedestrian walkways. Crows are very clever creatures. And, and they can see them. evil at the same time. They fly over, they drop them when the walkways are free. Yeah. That's the best bit about it as well. They wait for the cars to finish. Maybe when the traffic's died, then if they're at red light, they drop them, fly off and then come back and pick up their crack nuts. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's I, clever. I think... Surely they would get overcracked though. I think, yeah, but I'd get their pick, wouldn't they? Pick their little bits of nut out. I think a lot of animals do some insanely smart things that we haven't realised yet in order to get some food. Example? I'm very, I'm very distracted by what's going on with your hair right now. Is it now. wild? It is quite wild. Hmm. Do you remember Jimmy Neutron? I do. I used, to that. Yeah. I used to get Jimmy Neutron a lot when I was a kid. I just know my cat always always doing like quite bafflingly insane things. Just as simple as uh, like pushing a thing off a ledge because then she has a better chance of like like drinking it or something like that you know she's like they're very smart animals are incredibly smart they are very very smart but a crow is very smart doing that knowing that the car will it's just good i like it aren't crows also the ones that don't forget a face so if you cross a crow like let's say you walk along there kick their walnuts out of the way going yeah you crow that crow's gonna remember your face and come for you linda never forgets a face does she oh never forget a face me i've seen you around here before pump number five is Linda from Happy Valley? I don't know where she's from. Yeah. Somewhere north of where we are now. Yeah. Damn, Linda's. Damn. Smart I'd crows, though. Yeah, smart crows. I like it. Simple, but effective. Clever crows. Give us your fact, Mark. 
The king's bed was once lost and then bought by a family at an auction for 100 quid. <laughs> it's just wild, isn't it? How do you lose? As in the king... What king? The king in general. So let, oh, me, right. so let me tell you the story. So essentially, since William the Conqueror in 1066, there's been a tradition that monarchs would spend the night before they are coronated, so before they ascend to the throne officially, at the Palace of Westminster. Because it's then a short walk across uh, to the Abbey to have their coronation. And also, it keeps you safe because there used to be a lot of people trying to kill your king. Um, so they had a bed, the state bed that was there. And then no one really used it after about the mid-1800s. I bet that was cold when you got in it. Well, no one slept in it for, for years. Probably so had that damp feel. Hopefully they changed the sheets, but you never know. Maybe an electric blanket. Uh, probably not, because it was last used in 1821. Right. So we just kind of sat there, was a little bit, you know, just in the way. So they moved it to the Speaker's house, so the Speaker of the House of Commons. They moved it to his place. Then after the war, they went, we probably shouldn't have something so regal in here because everyone's really poor and the blitz and all that. So they put it in storage, forgot about it, auctioned it off, went mm-hmm. to find it many years later and went, oh, it's in some Welsh mill for 100 quid. What? What do you mean they forgot about it and then auctioned it? So they basically just put it into storage and then they went to clear out the storage, didn't realise what it was, auctioned it off. Then about 20 years later went, oh, we should probably display it or something. I reckon. Went to find it. No idea where it was. I reckon that's happened loads in regards to things to do with the royal family over the years. Can you imagine how much toot is in Buckingham Palace that somehow has ended up just in the, you know, the world of the public and we don't know about it. I really don't like the idea of the royal family having to get on eBay to fog their wares, though. I don't like it. I don't, no. I don't want them auctioning Well, stuff. no, they did. They, the government yeah, did. Yeah. it's in the government's hands, so the government's deci- well, I don't decided. Why like the government doing that? The, issue, king, the king ain't clearing out his loft, finding a few bits of Depop, mate. Like, it's not, it, that's not what's happening Well, here. I don't want the government to be doing it either. Yeah, if it but... makes you feel any better, it costs the government in the long run. So they decided they would go and find where this was. Right. Did this big search. The found... government did this. Yes. They've got bigger things to be doing. I know, right? Going looking for a bed from 200 You'd years think ago. so. It's the sort of thing Boris would do, wouldn't it? When it's like, come on, mate, look at the inflation. God. Turns out it had been used by this family in Wales for about 15 years. They bought it back off them for about 20 grand. Wow. Yeah, you see, this is the problem. Where is it now? It is now on display in the, uh, in the speaker's house, which you can go and take a tour of, apparently. Well, I will say, pointless, because... I'm quite into London. I'm quite into my history like that. I've gone to fairly obscure things and had a look around. I didn't have a clue about this. And they spent 20 grand making people like me aware of it. Yeah. I've never really been on any tours. I've only done the Tower of London. Very good tour. Want to do Buckingham Palace. Want to get in there. See what it's all about. I'd like to do that. How are you going to try and do that? You can do it, can't you? They section off a part of it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you can buy, buy tickets, go do a view of the state room. Yeah, don't I'd like that. I don't like that. No? I want the royal family. You should only go there if you're getting yourself an OBE, an MBE. Yeah. And so, like so you know, like a view, sort of a viewing part of Buckingham Palace, not for you, but, you know, tele- telephone boxes and post boxes around London is up your street, would you say more so? You got it in one. Yeah. It's interesting. You love what you love. <laughs> right. Second fact of the show for me. Um, Connor. Yes, what, mate. What what would someone in the middle of a ring say before a, a boxing fight? Oh, what before? What's the big phrase that they say? Oh, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, you probably shouldn't have said that. Why? Michael Buffer began using the phrase let's get in 1984. In 1992, he had trademarked it 
That trademark has made him over $400 million by people using, let's get ready to rumble, four words, five words. It's ridiculous. Anton Deck paid them a f***ing fortune. Crazy, right? Yeah, I, I've, heard, I've heard about this guy's fortune from this before. I never knew it was that much. That's the facts that I'm learning there, but that's just... Ridiculous, I mean, it? it's mad that one man can make so much money from saying one phrase in a slightly interesting way. And also, he really doesn't look enthusiastic anymore. Well, he looks like he's... He looks sick of he's it. He's phoning it in. He's got the money. Is that all he does as well? Yeah, but he keeps turning up at various events and being given a microphone and saying, let's get ready to rumble. And everyone goes, oh my God, it's crazy. And he's like, he literally must make a he's, mint off of he that. No, he does more than... He stands there in the ring and he introduces people and hailing out of Westport, Virginia, weighing in at a height of... He is the guy that you have in your friendship group that you always ask to sing at the karaoke. He's got He's that one. You get him up. He's a suave dude. Yeah. In uh, Midway, who are a gaming company, paid this dude, old Buffer, big wallet Buffer, £100 million to use the phrase for their games, ready to rumble boxing. That was out on the PlayStation 2, Nintendo 64, Dreamcast, Game Boy Advance. I feel like You can't tell me they made £100 back on that. No, I don't think they did. They made two of the games, though, so... I feel like there's no... the, The price of things just doesn't... Add up anymore. There's no value to anything anymore. It's just Robin all Williams ridiculous. getting 75 grand for doing Aladdin. A Man City paying 100 mil for Jack Grealish. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know if this has happened, but I think in America there's an advert for progressive insurance in which your man Buffer says, Let's get ready to bundle. And that's got him loads of money as well. Yeah, I've seen that. I need to, and they always say, you know, catchphrases are looked down upon. Well, you've got one. Catchphrases are looked down upon, particularly in comedy. You don't want. You've got one. Uh, what's mine? Boys, all the noise. Uh, yeah, but and, you got that, and it was frowned upon, so I don't use it anymore. Oh, you gonna? Is it pub ammo or going in the bin of nonsense? Yeah, I try and change that, but this is the thing. I don't want that to be my catchphrase. It's just what I end up thinking. Yeah, but I think boys of all the noise. I'd employ. You know, you could have like you know one direction on their comeback tour. Dan walks out of the O2. Hey, hello, hello. They are back, the boys with all the noise. Yeah. You know, well, this is what I'm saying. Brilliant. I'm, what I'm saying. Catchphrases are looked down upon. This man, 400 million from five words. He's made a lot of money from it. In, in a fun voice. Do you think if Dan walked out for the One Direction tour doing that, he'd get the piss taken out of him by the crowd, do you think? Well, if I say, here are the boys with all the noise, yeah, probably. I think if I walked out and just did a bit of g and up. Do you reckon he'd be on TikTok no. as that kid where they what? circulate and go, who's this random man? What would happen is that Dan would walk out there, he'd introduce One Direction, and then the crowd would go f- mental. And he'd go, and he would assume it's for him. No, he'd be like, what? No, he would walk what up and be like, did you hear the cheer I got? Yeah. Did you hear how loud they cheered when you I said my catchphrase? <laughs> what they're cheering is that you got Louis Tomlinson and the others walking out from behind. He'd do it. They'd, right, yeah. and he'd be like, oh, did you hear how crazy they went for my catchphrase? He'd be waving like that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Just. Well, they'd, have to put, they'd have to put him one of those stages that slowly goes down because he wouldn't actually walk he'd off. He'd walk off. To, thank you, London. I could do Thanks, it London. I could do a bit of that. And all these dunnies, the yeah. boys with all the noise. I could get paid some cash for that. It would work for you. And here you were having to go Robin Williams to st- stand in a vocal booth for two days. Meanwhile, I'm making 100 million uh, introducing 1D in a fictional concert in the future. Yeah. Well, the catchphrase I don't even have. No, we're not going to say fictional, we believe. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. 
This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, let's get on with our last fact of the week then. Connor, take it away. The average millennial has already worked as many jobs as most people in their 50s have throughout their entire career. This is the big problem. And I can vouch for it. It's a big problem. I've had 11 jobs. You've tried a bit of everything, didn't you? Well, actually, I only had 11 jobs before I chose to be a presenter. I had 11 jobs in a year. When do you reckon you're giving this one up? One year? What are you doing? In, what are I you was doing? really bored. In a year? Yeah. Ele- so one I had a about 11. I worked in month four bars. Then I'd done a little bit of a state agency. So these stories... Sold a couple of houses and then just left it. You know, I'd done enough. These stories that you bring us... Car dealer. About your job. Sold a Kia. They all happen within the year? Yeah, all year. One year. Why did you leave? Well, I was just sick of it. Sold an house. Done, mate. Easy. You completed you completely <laughs> completed it, mate. Yeah. Completed it. Got the, he's got 11 t-shirts at home for where he's completed it. Straight in, sold the masonette. You know, 50 grand over the asking price and retired. Well, that didn't happen. Where was it? <laughs> Dagnum. Yeah. No one's paying 50 you, grand over asking price for Amazonette in Dagenham to yeah. you. No no one's paying 50 grand for Amazonette in Dagenham. Full stop. Oh, yeah, I've had a few, you know, car washing. Done a bit of that. Bar work, top man. Marketing. Good marketing. I was good at marketing, but it was in an engineering firm, so didn't enjoy the industry. Binned it. Stop broken. Well, it's, it's amazing that you've lasted th- this long on the podcast. Free piece suit, you navy blue. A week to be yellow. You turned up and knocked on people's door and sold double glazing, didn't you? But I actually leafleted once. So my mate's um, dad's... Why uh, are we talking about this? Well, it's just... Sums up the fact, you know. I've, I am that, and I, I'm a millennial. I had, yeah, I've, I had quite, a few, I've had quite a few jobs. But I, what I, have you done? Harry Potter, Rosemary and Time, what around that? <laughs> so, do you, do you want me to not 
bring in my acting career before I decide to have a break. <laughs> it's not a career! <laughs> we cannot call it a career anymore. It has to stop. I don't know. I feel like he stuck it out more than you did with a lot of your jobs. So <gasps> He's not... Yes, yeah, fair. You, the episode of Rosemary and Time that I was in the other day was actually on telly. <laughs> Whoa, you didn't give me the heads up. Actually, to be fair as well, we need to share this with the pod because it's actually, worth it. Did you see the TikTok that went viral of his little face in Harry Potter? It was just a clip and there's Dan. <laughs> Let me show you the picture that my dad sent me of me in Rosemary and Time. There I am. Describe what you see, Connor. Just a very, very red-cheeked young Dan not looking what, what good. What am I doing? Shocked. Look at this. That's Felicity Kendall. I am running around her in a school uniform. Whoa there. Starred. So aside from my three fantastic acting jobs, I was a paper boy. A what? Paper boy. I thought you said a paver boy. No, a paper boy. Then I worked. This is, you know. Then I worked uh, in Superdrug for a year. Then they wanted to reduce my wage by a pound, so I, an hour, so I quit. Did you wear the headset? No, this was pre-headset. Right. Then I worked as a cleaner in a school. Then I worked in a race course, being a porter, which is when you take the foods to the table only for a beautiful waitress to then just lift it about two centimetres to her left and get the tip. Really went um, downhill after your sort of hiatus, didn't it? Yeah, I know. I've yet to find it. Then I worked uh, in, in the tote as a better, as I, you know, took bets. What, uh, down the dogs? Uh, race course. Yeah. Wow. Then I good worked. job. I can imagine you used to do the bit of, hey, get down here too far. Wow, did you do Not that? Not that much, no. But uh, and they're then, pretty good jobs, these. And then I went to Legoland, and now I'm here. Then there's Mark Tesco Light. I think I've done Tesco for like 12 Me, years. I, Baking uh, section. I refereed. I used to be a referee at football. I, honestly, I would. If you referee if my I Sunday saw, league team, I would have kicked you. I'd have turned around. Yeah. I was loved by all the players. Oh. He would have been a nightmare. Socks pulled right up, yellow card in hand, ready. Matt, wait! Joel, it! I'm not going to tell you again. I just like the, the way the way you control footballers <laughs> is you have any comeback to anything they say and they're immediately confused. So you was a referee. I was a referee. Done a few Premier League games. Called it uh, called it a day. I I did I did your West Ham first team behind closed doors once. Did you? Actually did. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's West actually really cool. Ham first team behind How old uh, behind you closed doors. I was uh, five and a half. I think I was seventeen. I was on the. I was running. I was running the line. You at seventeen are running, running the line, line for the West Ham first team. Yep. It's a bit cooler than Rosemary and Time and Harry yep. Potter. What else did I you do? I was so nervous to start with, I ran to the wrong sideline. Uh, I want to know more. This is really cool, but we need to know your jobs. What else? That was it. And then this. Refereeing. Refereeing. Right up to this. And then went to uni. Refereed continually at uni. I DJed a bit at uni, got paid for that. And then left uni <laughs> and came and worked here. There you go. <laughs> Three jobs. That's it. <laughs> what was your DJ name? Oh, I didn't have a DJ. Uh, oh. I just did a couple of local club, local club nights. DJ, DJ heads. Super easy money. So we've all had a lot of jobs, which thus proves... <laughs> I might, yeah, Which thus proves... Have you seen people just do nothing? No. I can't. I could just imagine him being like, oh, no, you haven't seen it. So right. Like, Have you seen it? <laughs> right, well, let's cut that. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. We've all, we've all had a lot of jobs. Thus proves millennials have a lot of jobs. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Do you know who DJ Yellow Card over here? <laughs> that would have been a good one. I should have had that. Uh, do you know who Matt Berry is? No. Whistle, whistle. Yes. Matt Berry is the voice man. Chandler. He is the voice man. No. No, Matt Berry, who does this voice? Oh, Matthew Perry. That's, That's Matthew Chandler. Perry. Yes. No, Matt Berry. He's in uh, the IT crowd, What We Do in the Shadows, Toast of London, and so many others. Uh, he also features on this. Ooh. 
He plays the guitar on the Strictly theme tune and yells, hey, in the background. Good gig. Pretty good gig. Do you earn him 400 mil? Let's see him in the background there. Uh, Why is I've... him doing it? Yeah, that wouldn't be my first pick. Apparently, he's just good friends with the guy who wrote it. So he went, can I do the vocal bit and the guitar? You know, I'm a radio anorak. Uh, in the 1990s, Chris Evans did The Breakfast Show on Radio 1. One of his sidekicks was a guy called Dan McGrath, who was Dan Down the Sound Man, and it, he wrote he it. He is the guy who wrote it, who was friends with Matt Berry. Matt Berry played the guitar and went, hey! This is in the background. Niche fact. That is a niche fact. Niche fact. Not as One like, that I've already forgotten. We can't talk as much about but a niche fact. that as we can as the millennialism. It's fine. I feel like we spoke about a, a lot about a lot of the other stuff that Being this just, is okay. Matthew Berry does the, hey, strictly. Yeah. I wonder how many listeners know Matthew Berry is. I mean, he is quite a big actor. Matt Berry. Matt Berry Matthew for one. Perry. Yeah. Two different people. Chan, Chan last voiceover. Have guy. you ever seen the IT crowd? No. Okay. Have you ever seen What We Do in the Shadow? No. Have you ever seen Toast of London? No. Right. He's in all of those. You know Cheaper that does one and two, though, I've seen a few times. <laughs> Just the guy that does the hay in Strictly. Yeah. yeah. Last fact of the show. Martin Goodman was an American publisher. He made pulp magazines back in the day, paperback books. Uh, he launched comic books, uh, which would eventually go on to become Marvel Comics. In 1937, he was coming back from his honeymoon in Europe, and him and his wife had tickets on the Hindenburg, which was a huge airship, massive airship. Mm. What famously happened to the Hindenburg, Mark? Uh, blew up. Blew up. He was meant to go on that. He didn't go on that because he couldn't sit next to his wife, and then after that, he formed Marvel Comics. So had he been able to sit next to his wife on the Hindenburg, no more, no Spider-Man. No Spider-Man. No... It, no, MCU, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? I wonder how many moments in these huge franchises that we like has there been their moments where that thing may not have existed. You well, know, like the Seth, things that we love that have generated millions in revenue. I wonder if it's always, you know. Well, the, the one that you hear most about is Seth MacFarlane, who wrote, went yeah. on to make Family Guy. He was mm. meant to be on a plane that flew into the Twin Towers. Because he wrote 11. Ted as well, didn't he? Is it, is that, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. I mean, Ted's great. <laughs> Ted's great. He probably put that. You, probably, could, you could literally just probably put Ted one at sixth, and then Ted two at eighth, and you, then in the middle of their friends with benefits. You could get a DVD of every single film that was made between two ninety nine and say two thousand and twelve, hmm. and just chuck a dart into it randomly, and you would find a film that's in your top five, bafflingly. And probably it's, uh, it's, it's a long top five. At ninth, <laughs> I'd probably put the Rugrats meet the Wild Thornberries. I tell you what. Rugrats in Paris is a fantastic movie. That's what I'm saying. See, these are elite films. <laughs> I saw The Wrath of Man the other day with Jason Statham. It doesn't come anywhere close to Cheaper Butter Doesn't One. Right, that's it for this week's episode of Baffled. What have we learned? Well, crows are incredibly smart. Connor has had an awful lot of jobs, and this podcast might cost us a fortune because I've said, let's get ready to rumble. I've done it again. Like five times now. We'll see you next week. Baffledpod.com if you want to get in touch. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Let's get... Mm, bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.